Today's guest built a multi-million dollar business out of his garage and figured out how to manufacture in the U.S., giving his business flexibility that drove much of his revenue growth. After years of e-commerce success, they are now growing into brick and mortar retail. And he discusses how his online marketing prepared his business for an easier transition into retail. Are you looking for new ways to make your sales grow? You've tried other podcasts, but they don't seem to know. Harvest the growth potential of your product or service as we share stories and strategies that'll make your competitors nervous. Now, here's the host of the Harvest Growth Podcast, John LeClaire. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm really excited to be meeting with a good friend of ours, Greg Amundsen. He's the president and inventor of InstaTrim. You can find out more about this product at instatrim.com. In a second, we'll go through exactly what the product is in case you haven't heard about it. And they're a great story of growth over the years uh, in, a, in a, a consumer product marketplace. So Greg, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, John. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here and looking forward to our discussion. Well, likewise. For our audience's sake, please, can you describe what is Instatrim? InstaTrim is a product I invented about 15 years ago, and it replaces caulking. I was a contractor for 25 years, and caulking always frustrated me because very few people could do it right. And uh, we can get more into the details of how that started, but it's, it's a caulk replacement product. It's also a flexible trim product. Uh, it could be considered a decor product as well. Anywhere that there's a corner in your home or business, you can apply Instatrim products to. Very cool. So cor corner caulking as opposed to a flat wall or floor is the difference that this comes in. And, and can you describe the process of installation? Because one of the great things about Instatrim is how easy it is to install for anybody who has done any caulking in their homes or, or anywhere, place of business, whatever it might be. It's it can be kind of a pain, especially to make it look good. It's probably easy to do. It's hard to do well, but InstaTrim makes that process so much easier. So what is that the installation process? Well, our goal from the beginning was to keep this very simple. We wanted to solve a problem. And the goal was to provide a solution to talking and or trim that literally anybody could do. So that was our motto from the get-go. And we have a product that literally anybody can peel off the back liner that's already got adhesive on it and apply it into the corner. And this solved a lot of problems for a lot of people that had a caulking project they didn't want to do. They've been avoiding it for years, or maybe they didn't have the skill set to do it. So that was a big win for us. And then about a year ago, we came out with pre-finished corner pieces that was one problem the consumer had was splicing the corners. So with our pre-finished corner pieces, it literally is one and done. And I, I've got to really echo that sentiment, how easy it is. I am not a DIY person. I'm not, I enjoy it sometimes, but I'm not good at it. And you can always tell the, the projects that I take on and work on myself. 
But we've had, so in my home, as my audience knows, we've done many uh, videos over the years, TV infomercials, many for for digital videos as well. And several years ago, I hate to say that it's been that long, we uh, added some fake mold, as it were, on on the grout lines in our one of our kids' bathrooms. And then you know, did a before after kind of thing. You know, took some videos in there and and uh, showcased this product, very different from yours, but it was a a cleaning product, right? And ever since then, it's left some staining on the bottom, like right where the trim would go. Um, I, to be honest, I can't remember what I used. It was probably a sharpie or something back in the day to make it look black along those lines. And I'm like, oh, I'll just put this on here and I'll recalk it afterwards. And of course, years go by because it's I don't use that bathroom very often. It's my kids, and so I don't notice it. And and it just kind of has gotten to be forgotten. And it's kind of a pain, right? As as you mentioned, to yeah. to fix something or a recalk. I was super excited when we first started talking to get my own sample and, and put it in there. And it took less than 10 minutes. Super easy. Most importantly, you can't tell that I did it, right? Because it looks perfect. It looks great. Where has I had I caulked it, you know, it would have been messy. It would have been uh, you know, uneven, that, that sort of thing. So I can echo that statement, how easy it is to use. And I know there's many out there not just in our audience, but you know, across the country, frankly, that uh, could use a product like this to do simple remodels. I, I, you know, you've used that phrase, I think, before, where you can make your bathroom look new again with this simple adjustment that can take minutes, really, to install. And that's, I think, one of our biggest selling points is that within 30 minutes, you can refresh your countertop. Um, you can cover that nasty gap under the toilet piece. Um, maybe you put in your own flooring and you've got a couple of gaps next to the base mold that you're not sure what to do with. Instead of digging out the saw, the nail gun, and some uh, wood trim, you can just apply Insta-Trim in a matching color, cover that up, and it's done. And uh, we test it nonstop. Our house is kind of a circus. There's pieces of Insta-Trim everywhere. Not any finished places, just little pieces, different colors, different sizes. And it's kind of a mishmash of our, our testing zone. And you mentioned, I think, some of the most common areas that consumers, yourselves, probably have used it, and the, the ones that come to mind, right? So showers, countertops where the counter meets the wall, around a toilet, around baseboards on, on the floor. Have you heard back from customers, or maybe even in your own experience, any really unique ways that InstaTrim has been used? Yes, we we get those periodically. The latest one was a company in California that placed a very large order. And whenever that happens, my shipping department sends me their information because I do a little research. And this was a company in California that raises insects for agricultural purposes. So they used our product to seal up the cracks and corners to keep the bug in. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, it's not something you would think about by doing market research in the very beginning. It's great that you follow up and, and talk to these customers, especially on big orders, because you'll get new new learnings. And, you know, sometimes there's a learning you can take in like, hey, we should go down in the business to business route. You know, it might be something very specific like that if it were, you know, a bigger market, or it might just be thinking about business to business in general to seal things in that uh, maybe you hadn't thought of. So that's great that you follow up and, and talk to your customers. One of the things that I find really interesting about Instatrim is the fact that it's 100% manufactured in the US, which is so difficult to do. You know, I, I work with and interview a lot of uh, founders, inventors, and you know, product marketers, and almost all of them really would love to manufacture in the US, but it's difficult. It you know, can be cost prohibitive sometimes. 
uh, or just difficult to find a manufacturer that works in the field that has experience. So by default, many of them end up going overseas, even though they don't want to, right? Which um, anyways, there's pros and cons on, on both sides. But again, we would love to manufacture in the US. How did you do it? How did you accomplish this where you can now manufacture your product completely here in the US? It is always a little bit dumb luck. Stars lining up. I mean, that was our goal in the beginning was to have this be a USA made product. And fortunately for us, we've got a product that does not have a lot of labor costs associated with it. I mean, we're essentially extruding some PVC, and the prices for that in China versus here are pretty competitive once you consider the shipping and the delays. We are so thankful that we are USA-made, uh, given what's happened over these last couple of years in China and COVID. That could have put us out of business. Yeah, Long delays in getting products. So that was one of our early goals. We're proud of it. Um, some people care. Some people don't. But for us, the big benefit is we can fill a very large order within six weeks. Yeah, where if you can imagine, you know, we work with a lot of clients that do manufacture in China and other places overseas. You get a big order that comes in, you're out of inventory. It can take months, right? It might be what what you can do in six weeks. That might take them six months or sometimes longer. And I like how you mentioned the the freight cost. A lot of times that's not factored in. You know, we contact. If you've got a small business, you're just starting out and you reach out to a Chinese manufacturer, their piece rate can be very inexpensive. And sometimes you have to, right? Depending on the market, some things they just don't make here in the US and there's no factors in place for it. But but if there is the ability, that freight cost can make a huge difference. Even today, you know, a couple of years ago or uh, you know, even as, as recent as a few months ago, the the shipping costs were tremendous, right? 10 times what they used to be. It's come back down a little bit, but but still that that cost in dollars and in time to have products come from overseas to here should definitely be factored in and may make a big difference. So that's that's great that you've been able to figure that out uh, for your business and have that flexibility. Yeah, I agree 100%. It, uh, for us being a smaller business, uh, being able to get product quickly is really important because we don't have millions of dollars of inventory sitting here. You know, we try to keep things lean and mean as best we can. So for us, having our manufacturer literally two hours south of our warehouse is great. Absolutely. And I know a, a good percentage of your business is done through brick and mortar retail channels. And that's where it's important if if anybody listening has that as part of their strategy or maybe their current business or, or growth uh, plans for their business. That that time of manufacture needs to be factored in. If you've got to wait months for something to come in from overseas, for example, you got to pay for that oftentimes in advance and sit and wait, and you don't get paid by the retailer until many times after they receive goods. So if that is a months long separation, like you said, it can sink your business or, or, or certainly uh, detract from it. Right? It can definitely be a hard thing to deal with. So that flexibility is is really invaluable. So let's talk about the marketing side of your business. So what has worked well? You've been around for quite a long time and had some great years uh, in, in building this business. What marketing has worked really well for your business? Well, as you're well aware, John, marketing is a very deep abyss. And we have certainly gone through numerous partners in the past that literally weren't as smart as we were, but we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, we reached out to a lot of people and learned a lot of lessons. Currently, right now, we are strictly e-commerce. 
and we're about to break in the brick and mortar business next year, but we've been e-commerce only for about 13 years and we've done very well. And I think one of the big benefits for us is we can control the narrative. And reason that's been so successful is of course, marketing. Uh, we do a vast majority of our business on Amazon and we spend a lot of money on Amazon advertising. But the bigger picture, top of funnel, as you are well well aware, is getting eyeballs. We need people to see our product. And if they see it, they generally will buy it. And that's how you and I connected about six months ago. Uh, the appeal of a uh, on-TV advertisement is potentially huge. And when we're ready, that's something we probably will pursue because you supply eyeballs. Many, many hundreds of thousands of those people. And that will sell our product. But uh, until that time comes, we do a lot of social media. Uh, I've mentioned Amazon. Uh, we have a website that we're very aggressive with. Uh, we like to run various promos throughout the year. And this mixture that we have, kind of the ingredients of a soup, we've gotten to the point where it's it does very well. And across the board, our ROAS, which stands for Return on Ad Spend, it's generally at least four, which we're very happy with. So every dollar we spend on advertising, we're getting a $4 return on sales. Which is fantastic. And the higher that return is, the more flexibility you have in your business to be able to scale up, to be able to pay for resources, employees, et cetera. So it makes the growth much easier. You know, you talked about how retail is becoming more important, right? It's a coming strategy for your, for your business. And Again, for our audience's sake, Greg, I know you understand this, the, the importance of marketing. We think about it, it's really easy on the e-commerce side, right? So we know we've got to get people to the website in order to purchase. We've got to have some kind of camp traffic campaign that drives them there. Or if it's within Amazon, picking the traffic up that are searching for something similar to your product. It's equally important to, to drive eyeballs, to drive traffic into retail stores as that happens. So continuing that marketing effort and finding ways to really expand awareness of what your product is as you prepare to really enter uh, a lot of retail stores in the, in the coming months uh, for your business as well. So I know, again, I know you know that just a great reminder for our audience as well. Yeah. And that's, that's, I don't know, you could call it a science. You could just call it throwing darts against the dartboard, but I think that's where experience comes in on what is effective and what's not. And uh, that takes a few years to get nailed down. And I know for us, stepping into the brick-and-mortar environment next year, that's going to be a totally different animal. And our goal was to work through a distributor, which we are, so that allows us to ship to them and they take care of the retail store, which your profit margin takes a huge hit, but for us, for us it's worth it because we do not have the staff to manage that retailer. Absolutely. It takes uh, quite a bit. Staff and experience, right? It's a different world than you've been in, and it's great to have a partner that understands that and can can help drive it more quickly. So you talked about experience, right? You've been doing e-commerce for a long time um, and had a lot of success. So retail is is relatively new to you, but so far, the success you've had in your business... What do you wish you had known when you originally started the business? So in the early days that would have been helpful to you starting out? Boy, that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, unfortunately, I think being an inventor 
a lot of it is fail, 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 succeed. It's just putting your head down and keep going. You're going to make mistakes. You have to fail. That's the only way you learn. And a lot of people don't have the, you know, the, the gist in their brain of being able to take that risk and being able to fail and get up and brush, brush your pants off and, and go at it again. And like I said, we have been through many, many companies that the vast majority were not able to help us. So it's just sourcing the people, you know, once you learn from past experience, you get a much better idea of what you need and being able to focus and look for those specific people um, is part of the maturity of your business. And as long as you've got some smarts, you're going to get there. You know, you use the word failure and it's, it's something that entrepreneurs are scared of, right? We don't want our business to fail. And of course that's not, not a goal for any of us. But it is important. Somebody coined the term years ago of talking about failing quickly. You know, I would add to that failing small too. I think failure is, is a part of business. You gotta you've got to learn, no matter even if you've got years of experience doing this, right? You know, at 15 years in, you're still gonna make mistakes. We all do in our business, but learning to fail small and fail quickly and really, as you said, learn from those, right? Move on, get that failure behind us. I mean, okay, that route didn't work. Okay, what's my next step in my business? So I think it's, it's an important part of the business and a good thing for really all of us to remember. There's very few inventors, well, specifically myself, that really did not know what I was doing. I mean, I essentially started in my garage. I was the traditional garage inventor. And when I look back on those days working in the garage, it was a farce. I mean, it's funny. And how we've developed and evolved over the past 15 years is it's a long journey. It's the hardest thing I've done in my life without a doubt. But the rewards are huge. But the rewards don't come as fast as the failures. So it's kind of the proverbial three steps forward, two and three quarter steps back. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Well, Greg, are there any resources that have been helpful to you on, on your journey? I think the number one thing is networking. Networking with people that you know to see if they can connect you with somebody else. Um, that's how we found you guys, John, was kind of a networking uh, attempt. And as you get smarter and your business matures, you can focus more on what kind of help you need. But I think networking is huge. Mentors, you know, we've had some amazing mentors over the years that really wanted to see us succeed because they had previously succeeded. And, uh, you know, these mentors has, have helped guide us so much. So I think reaching out to people that you know or maybe don't know, I think you'd be surprised how many people generally want to help. And we're in the same boat. We very much want to pay it forward. I love talking to inventors that are at the beginning stages of trying to develop a product and try to help them avoid some of the pitfalls that we fell into. And uh, that that's a very rewarding part of being an inventor for us. Yeah, and you're exactly right. You know, anybody who's made it or been successful with any business, but in the consumer product space, especially, they realize the failures they had to get through. They realize how difficult the journey was and they realize they didn't do it alone. So as you said, paying it forward, Many others are willing to do the same as well. Just it just takes reaching out and you know respecting their time, et cetera. But they want to help you. Uh, this really is a journey we we can't do alone, or we can't do it well alone. 
So being able to reach out through networking, through mentors, I think is a very important thing to remember. Yeah, it is, John. And, you know, considering that I started 15 years ago, um, I was a general contractor when the housing market died in 2008, literally laying in bed wondering if I was going to have to file bankruptcy. And this thought of solving the caulking problem came to me in the middle of the night. And the next morning, got up, made a prototype, and it's like, wow, this might work. And from that point till today, it's just an amazing story that that literally anybody can embark on if if they want to. Um, it's it's a very challenging journey with the family, with your finances, stress level. But if you've got a partner or spouse, you know Betsy works with me here. We're equal partners in the business. She benefits my shortfalls and. Hopefully, I benefit some of her shortfalls, but we work together 24-7, and we're best friends. We still have fun together, and I'm just so fortunate that this is going down this path. And you do, whether it's a spouse, a friend, or everyone needs somebody in their life to to not be alone on an entrepreneurial journey, because there are hard days. Like uh, mm-hmm. with running any business, it's just, it's part of it. So that's great that you've got that in your life too. Well, Greg, is there anything I didn't ask that would be helpful for our audience? Nothing comes to mind other than if you really believe you've got a legitimate product and that's not asking friends and family if they like it, because they will always tell you they love it. You're so smart. But getting outside input is a really big part of the initial steps. And if you can get to the point where you really truly believe you have something of value, literally putting your head down, just going for it. That's, I think, the single hardest part about bringing a product to market is is just not giving up. And some people won't make it. I think the percentages are very, very small. Um, One other thing I wanted to throw in there, too, early on, we made the difficult decision to file patents and it was a tough decision because they are very expensive but just last year they proved their worth for us and saved us from a very big copywriter copycatter and that could have put us out of business if we did not have any ip protection that is good advice well, Greg, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I do encourage our audience, please go check out instatrim.com. It's a great product. You have to use it personally in my own home. And uh, it's if I can do it, frankly, anybody can do it. <laughs> so I do encourage everyone to check it out, but also just to see some of the great work that uh, Greg's done. It's a great site. You can check out their Amazon listing for the product as well and, and learn about the successes of this business. Well, Greg, thanks again for your time today. Yeah, thank you too, John. And if I can help anybody, just send out an email. For the listeners, please go to instatrim.com to learn more and be sure to check out harvestgrowth.com to see other episodes we've recorded. If you like this episode and you want to learn more about how you can profitably grow your consumer product business, please subscribe to our show or you can set up an appointment right from our website to speak directly with a member of the Harvest Growth team in a free consultation to learn the process that has worked for hundreds of businesses since 2007. 